Hi, everyone. Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons podcast. Remember, that's morning with a U. Some pre-show announcements. I've been doing an okay job with this, right? Right? Today's quick pre-show announcements are a shout-out, Patreon, a correction, and also what's happening on today's episode. Our shout-out comes from YouTube, episode 245 with Kissy Fur. MK912 says... Kissy Fur was everything. Well, MK921, your comment is everything. We appreciate it, so thank you so much. A quick ask. We have a Patreon. You can support this show and our original content. I don't want to shill stuff. You've already bought a mattress. You have a security system. We would really love this show to remain ad-free. Don't want to support us? Cool. This message is for you. Also, enjoy the free show. If you want to support us, awesome. We really appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Click the link in the bio of any of our social media sites or search Saturday Morning Cartoons on Patreon. Just remember, that's morning with you. Some corrections before we get into this episode. The Avengers arcade game, I said it could play six players. It can only play four. Everybody simmer down. Also, Whiplash, or Ivan Vonko in the MCU, originally went by Whiplash and also by the name Blacklash. Confused? So are we. Mickey Rourke was Whiplash. Uh, So just, you know, keep all of your lashes straight. So what is on today's episode? Well, Disney Plus is coming out. Rejoice! Another streaming service. I roll. With Disney Plus, we have some older Marvel animations that are coming to the streaming service. And so we are wading through these weird waters of 90s cartoons. And we are landing on Iron Man. 1994's Iron Man. Here's just a quick preview of the titles for some imdb reviews skip the first season enjoy the second (laughs) i am iron man cue electric guitar riff i love this one finally probably my favorite questionable so let's figure out a way to defy logic and physics by putting our mullets into the iron man helmet and let's get into that man mold that is iron man from 1994 all of this and more so now on with the show Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the Collider weekly podcast for all things animation, including news, reviews, and interviews coming to you all the way from inside of Stark Industries. I'll be your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me from inside of his armor exoskeleton, he's invincible. Welcome my co-host, David Trumbort. David, 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 how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, bud. How are you today? Doing all right. I got a question for you. I'm fine in this suit of armor. It's cozy. It's solid. I've got, uh, you know... 12-pack of abs rocking on the outside for some reason. (laughs) What I want to know, you're currently uh, in a building that's on fire. So I just wanted to make sure that you're okay. Do you need me to, like, do a rescue thing? You got this? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're welcome to do this, just jump in and save me. I am going to asphyxiate shortly. So... Please help out. Gotta say, very brave of you, very professional to start Gotta a say, podcast. Kind of, kind of crappy hero of you just to keep talking about this while not saving me fire. here. So yeah, let's get you out of here. Let's go. Okay. Here's what I'm gonna grab you around the armpits and just fly you through the ceiling. Is that good? You fine? Uh, I'm not gonna feel a thing. You yeah. may catch a rebar on the on the side there. I'm not sure how that's gonna work out. It's pure you. glass, Dave. So glass is fine. No, it's not. It's not. It's fine for you in an armored exoskeleton. For me, as a human with skin and bones, it's I'm, look. It's just a metaphor. We've all heard of the glass ceiling. It's not. You'll be fine. That's the wrong idea. Here we go. And Mach metaphor. One. <laughs> I'm now basically human scrabble. <laughs> You're just gone. You're I'm just, just gone. I just let your body drift into space. Oh my gosh. Whew. Hey, what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> if nobody is familiar from. Mm either reading the introduction uh, or the liner notes for this episode, we are talking about the 1990s cartoon Iron Man. Yeah, bud. And, oh, boy, this is very interesting. I'm sure everybody here is intimately, if not super familiar with the idea of Tony Stark as Iron Man from all of the MCU, from everything that we've had over the last 11 years in terms of Marvel motion pictures, in terms of that entire cinematic universe, But we are getting back to those early days where Marvel was still trying to figure out, I don't know, I don't even know if they were crawling at this point in order to be able to walk and then run. This was pre-crawl is almost what this feels like, Dave. 
Did you I, have that impression? Well, it's weird because it came around the same time as like the Spider-Man animated series. Now, I think these were all handled by like different animation companies. and We had X-Men going on at the same time. Right. But then we also had some lame ducks like uh, Silver Surfer. I believe the Fantastic Four series was out there too. And we are probably going to revisit some of those because we have it. We have general reliable news that these series may be showing up on Disney Plus when that opens up in about you know uh, a month or so. By the time you guys are hearing this, only a couple of weeks. I don't think we know for sure whether they're showing up or not, but we wanted to take a look at them ahead of time just to see how bad they really were twenty five years ago. I feel as if I'm pulling the skin off of my face and asking the question, why does Disney hate us so much? And that now they you're Red bring... Skull. And now I'm Red Skull. And now I'm stuck guarding a stone that doesn't exist anymore. Spoilers. It's fine. Look, spoilers. If you haven't watched Endgame. What are you doing? Were you just born? If you were just born, congratulations, because yeah. you're listening to a podcast at like one year old. Yeah, what are you doing? That's a smart baby. It's a very smart baby. baby also, thank you, baby, for liking and subscribing. Thanks, baby best baby this is one of those weird rare shows where you you really have to kind of take a step back and and understand as david mentioned all the contemporaries that they have at this point yeah plus realize that we've had excellent marvel cartoons that have come out since then we've had bet's black panther yeah probably one of the greatest things that we have watched I'd say that might be up in my top 20 in terms of favorite cartoons that we've watched for this show. I don't know. I'd really have to think about it because nostalgia plays such a heavy factor for me. Um, that, that Black Panther motion comic cartoon was kind of one of those where it was like, it was semi-nostalgia, but it wasn't that old. And I was kind of watching most of it for the first time, I think, when we watched it for the show. So it's not right. as deep in the brain as even things like Iron Man, the animated series, where did you watch this growing up? Did you actually I watch knew this that time? it existed, but I honestly don't think I ever watched this. I don't think I ever watched Fantastic Four or Silver Surfer as well. So I, like, I remember them from from uh, not Saturday mornings, but weekday mornings. I remember this coming on at like I don't know six or six thirty in the morning or seven o'clock before I I left for school, just because I remember snippets of it. Like I can remember the theme song. I can remember the intro sequence. I remember the Mandarin and all his crazy rings, just like at various stages of the. I couldn't tell you what the plot was. Or any of the characters that showed up. <laughs> Not that I can tonight after watching this thing either. But Ooh, We are none the wiser after watching this. Yeah, sixpence none the richer too. Yikes. Ooh. Well, we're talking 90s. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good callback. Look so. it up, baby. <laughs> that baby will understand good 90s music eventually. Don't, right. don't put any pressure on that baby tonight. We'll put a playlist together. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, if you are unfamiliar... And like Dave mentioned, if you had watched this show and still can't put together any of the facts or anything discernible from the plot or any of these characters, we're going to turn this over to a longtime listener in front of the show, Bobby Anthem, for a synopsis of Iron Man. Bobby, take it away. Witness the very beginning as billionaire inventor Tony Stark dons his invincible suit of armor to battle the villainous Mandarin and the power of his ten deadly rings. With fellow superheroes Nick Fury, War Machine, Scarlet Witch, Spider-Woman, and Hawkeye at his side, Iron Man faces off against a band of evil foes, including Whiplash, and confronts his own demons as well. Thank you, Bobby. Excellent as always. Honestly, I would like Bobby to be the voice of Iron Man in an animated series, or I would even go for like a Vision Jarvis thing on him, because I think that would sound cool too. Can he just voice all of them? Like, I was going to say War Machine, because I want to talk more about War Machine. War Machine, to me, has always been more of, like, the tougher version of Tony Stark, to me. I feel okay. like Bobby could do that really well. But, yeah, you uh, you won up to me there and gave him the lead. So <laughs> Why would you not give him the lead? That's a great question. I don't know, Bobby. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you want to do all the roles, you can. I want to hear your, your Spider-Woman. I want to hear your uh, Scarlet Witch. If you could do a fake Russian accent, I'd appreciate that next time. Yeah, you can drive us it up, too. Let's get Bobby, let's get him British, uh, Russian, and uh, I guarantee he's going to do a, a lot better than some of the people on this show, even the professionals out there. Guess what? We had actually asked Twitter the same very question. Who also remembered watching Iron Man? And did you have any distinct or specific memories of watching this? And so very quickly, we had Chris, L, Inoa. He mentioned us and said, great intro for this cartoon. Same with the Fantastic Four, also a mess. So (laughs) 
I think he's mentioning that these are all kind of messy, and I'm gonna agree with Chris on this one. So he's doing he's doing his own truncated version of the good, the bad, and the LOL. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. He did a great job of being able great to summarize job, it. Yeah, uh, we had Jobber Ball Z. He messaged us and said. All I remember was the suit always running out of power. One episode, he powered it with a Walkman after it went down. <laughs> oh, my God. Why, why did we watch that episode? First of all, baby, if you're still listening, we'll explain what a Walkman is later. We'll load the playlist yeah, up on it for you. We'll send it your way. Oh, I don't feel like we just have to explain that to a baby. I feel like there's a whole bunch of people that we have to explain that to. a whole generation to. at this point because we're old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Video Dragon actually messaged and let us know that there's a second opening, which... Guess yeah. what? Surprise, surprise, Video Dragon. We're going to talk about maybe both openings tonight. We are, because I am a masochist, and I went back and actually watched the first episode, and it was so bad good that I made Sean uh, watch like highlights of it. So right. we, we got to see both intros, and we'll talk about them. And finally, Ying Dark messaged us and said, his hair is the only thing that I remember is his hair. Not quite a mullet, not quite a jerry curl. The 90s were wild. They amazing. certainly were Ying Dark. They really were, bud. I think uh, Evan... Yeah, Evie Comedy mentioned that too. He was just like, the hair was just like the only thing that stood out from that entire show. And what's funny is, it's not just the theme song that changes or the intro that changes from season one to season two. We've also got some some voice actors who change, but the hair. It goes from the kind of like Boy Scout, Captain America, Superman cut to that full flowing mane of uh, purplish mm. black, like blue, mm. whatever color they chose for those things. I liked it because it was straight out of the comics, like, to, it wasn't just black on on the page. It was black with like blue shading or blue shadowing. Right. But right. then because it was the '90s, man, they pulled that mullet out, and that's what we got. That's where the whole animation budget went, apparently. <laughs> I only have to imagine that it has to be a challenge to be Iron Man with a helmet to contain all those beautiful flowing locks. <laughs> what am I? Uh, we're gonna get to the good, the bad, and the LOL, but I'm just like bursting at the seams here because it's like. There are so many things about the physics of this show. Like when he gets into the actual suit of armor, every time he's in the suit, his head looks like a tiny little pin. And you don't know how he got his skull in there, let alone that massive hair. So just one of the many funny kind of like visual gags that are in this thing. And we haven't even talked about the CG sequence yet. Oh, God. Don't even get me started about that the CG sequence. That thing is a nightmare. That's going it back is. to Monsters by Mistake. <laughs> this is Marvel by Mistake. God, baby, if you're listening, don't worry. We'll explain why Canada is bad at animation at a later date and time. You could have just stopped at why Canada is bad. Oh, no, Canada's fantastic. We love Canada. Love Canada. Just some animation that has come out of Canada has been problematic. So, Problematic. But neither here nor there. <laughs> Guess what? We, are, we actually watched for today's episode the two-part series finale, yep. uh, for which is called Hand of the Mandarin, part one and part two. We are going to be talking about those two episodes tonight. And so, as always, for our review, we are going to look at the good, the bad, the LOL. Not the ugly. No, we're not talking about the actual Spaghetti Western with Clint Eastwood. We are going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And then finally, what was so kind of crazy and just, I don't know, I mean, just jaw-dropping for (laughs) this cartoon in particular that just really made us laugh out loud. So, we are going to talk about all of those, especially because there's a lot of time, energy, Marvel money that goes into making this, and there's also humans that are back behind it. So we don't want to end on sort of an ugly note right. and criticize anybody too heavily. So now we're going to was... compliment sandwich this as yeah. much as we can. Ice cream sandwich, where it's all good. Well, that's fun, too. I like that as well. Yeah, so, Dave. Good. Actually, all sandwiches are all good. Nobody why, eats, like, cardboard sandwich. Who's hating on sandwiches? I don't know, guys. Knock it off in the comments. I see you. Please. Sandwiches. Stop it. Get us kicked off tonight. Dave, let's jump into the good. You're already chomping to the bit to get in yeah. here. What was good about the show that you enjoyed? So much stuff that I'm going to have to force. No, just kidding. So one of the reasons that we actually watched the series finale of this thing, it was only, what, 23, 24 episodes? So they did two 12-episode seasons. Uh, and there were big changes from season one to season two. So we watched the best possible episodes to give it the best possible chance. So we did our old-fashioned <laughs> IMDB run through the finale was the highest uh, the highest rating so we obviously had to watch both parts of it so I'm going to start with the good like Sean mentioned we can go back and forth I don't think Sean has many so it's going to be me talking about this a lot I like the intro sequence uh, especially for the second part not so much for the first part I like the intro sequence and the theme song it's metal AF and I'm saying AF baby because you're listening and we're keeping this clean but it's it's a pretty metal theme song and it's got a shirtless, jacked 
mulleted Tony Stark just hammering away on a variety of Iron Man suits just on this random anvil in the middle of what could be space. We don't know. There's no background. It's just Tony Stark <laughs> hammering away with like a, a like a pneumatic hammer that's attached to the ceiling for some reason. It makes zero sense, but it's like, okay, this is pretty cool. And there's a nice kind of like cavalcade of, of Iron Man armors that uh, they show in the background. So you see like Mark One, Mark Five, whatever. You get to see a bunch of them. And it's actually pretty cool. I like the way that they uh, they laid it out. So as far as intro sequences, second season, pretty good. First season, not so much. We'll talk about that in a bit. So you didn't like the first season. I didn't like the first season. Yeah. I think we can just say it's not good. In fact, really, as Dave and I were watching it, it's really just a recap of what is going to be inside that actual episode. There's so much reused and recycled animation that they're going to use for season one theme song. It's not very good. It doesn't really even give you a clear indication other than to give you a roll call for a couple characters and primarily the villains that they have, which I think is a good thing. I really enjoyed that aspect of it, but they also show a ton of heroes. And so they, you know that Iron Man is a hero and then they show War Machine and they've got maybe like five or six other people that are on this team and they just cut them off. They yeah. just decide not to roll call any of these other people who are on there. And it's incredible. And look, it's not like they're calling them out by name. They're just stamping their names onto the screen. That's all it is. It's just text bubbles. Yeah. Text art that they stamp on the screen. And they do it for the villains when they come out. There's not a word spoken in this thing, by the way. Oh, no. And we've, we've talked about the intro stuff before. This is one of those recycled, like you mentioned, just kind of like chopped up from the episode itself and run at the beginning of the episode. But then like you've got, well, what are the characters that come out? Oh, so we have, we have spider woman. Yep. We have Hawkeye, yeah. pretty notable character. Hawkeye. Uh, I think centuries in this centuries in it. Scarlet, Witch, I think she Scarlet Witch. too, but no, it's right. just like, whatever. It's just, they just, they're, just, they're like, Iron we're out Man, of time. That's machine just title card done. Like finished. Yeah. They could have put all of them on one title card <laughs> just, together. Yeah. Just with like a bunch of different names. Just watermark the whole scene. Yeah. In terms of a tableau, it didn't even have to be aligned properly. It could have been like if you see somebody who just learned how to make a PowerPoint presentation and just stuff is everywhere. It could have been annoying in that sense. Just visually to watch, it could have been chaos. Or here's an idea. Maybe don't give the limelight to the villains when they show up because nobody cares. (laughs) We'll introduce them immediately because the entire first episode is just a parade of villains and the mandarin who's spoiler alert the main villain he introduces them by name so they also get a roll call in the middle of the episode so it's like maybe you could have just done that for the heroes who they never yeah. call by name ever again it's very silly it's good stuff season one intro not great not great <laughs> not a great season, start season two intro pretty solid uh, i will say i actually i had that as part of my my lol Okay, cool. I think it could also be kind of falling into the good group as well. Yeah. I love it. I love an 80s, 90s hair rock song that they would put in here. And honestly, nothing, nothing says masculinity more than just seeing a man working on an iron forge, pouring iron into whatever. Man shape. Yeah. Yeah, Just a (laughs) man pouring iron into a man shape. Into a man mold and then just popping it out, just popping it out and just, just doing it over and over again. And, yeah. And just nonstop, just With a whole bunch of hammer. Le- yeah. Phallic switches mm. and things that he's pulling back Gears and forth. And pistons, oh, and yeah. Honestly, it was so crazy to be able to watch this. I, I laughed every minute of this, not to mention that finally, finally we get a little bit of actual dialogue or something sung in this theme song, right. which is just four words. I am Iron And here's man. the thing. I, I thought they were going to do Swamp Thing with this, right? So okay. remember the Swamp Thing animated series starts out with a terrible rendition of the Wild Thing song. Like right. Wild Thing, You Make My Heart Sing. Instead, it's Swamp Thing. Yeah. You, what is it? You make the swamp ring. I have no idea what it is, but it's bad. It's worse than what I just said, actually. It's bad. So I thought they were going to do something similar for this, like, Try to try to take like I am Iron Man and do that whole thing and, and go through it, but they didn't do it. So I was kind of glad that they didn't. Right, no, it was a I riff agree. on it, but it wasn't it wasn't a complete rip off. So it was okay. They did okay. Uh, I would have loved to have seen what a season three theme song could have been because it just could have been the word Iron Man screamed in a in a hair metal voice for thirty seconds straight. Just somebody like starting at like the zero second and just 
continuing to belt that tone out for all 30 and then it just like blackout. Nobody okay gets any that. introductions. And in fact, Iron Man's not even in it. It's just <laughs> like a, it's it's just like a like a an old couple having Man. lunch at a Panera. And I would have been like, I don't know what this is, but this is just so <laughs> it's weird. like adult swims Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved it. Sounds good. Uh, Dave, I know you've got a lot of other good stuff about do, this. Do you want me to like roll through and if, if yeah. something strikes you fancy, you can jump in and let's dig into it. Cause I know, I know you got some good stuff about this. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like uh, it wasn't like I was trying to find stuff that I actually liked. It was just kind of, of giving uh pointers or giving points where they earned it. So I really, really did like the visual style of this thing. It seemed a lot of it seemed to come straight from pages of the comics, especially in the nineties where like, Every woman was like a ridiculous hourglass shape that it's like physically impossible. And every man was like a completely roided out. Every single anatomical muscle is, you know, uh, pumped up to the max, which is also very ultra force. (laughs) It was very ultra force. But it's like, this is the stuff we grew up with. And no wonder I have body dysmorphia because it's like this kind of stuff is from the comics. And it's like the, the like Greek statue ideal versions of it. But it was like. Everybody had this. There were no characters that were like normal looking or skinny or fat or short or just like taller than everybody else. Everybody had like the same stocky proportions and were just like roided out uh, to, to all get out. So it was it was kind of I liked it because it felt like a comic book come to life. It was very colorful. Um, the animation itself was a little hinky, whether it's first season or second season. I'm not going to talk about the CG yet because that is not a good. That's not a right. good. It's yeah. definitely there's not a, a good. lot. There's a lot of jank to dig into in the next. There's section, a so. lot of jank to dig into, oh but I, I will say the character design and the look of the whole thing was was pretty cool. I liked it. As like still frames, looks pretty good. Did you ever play the arcade game Avengers? Uh, I don't know if I did. I played the X Men, like the SNES um, X Men versus what was it? Whatever that side scrolling X Men game was. Yeah, just sort of the the, the X Men arcade game that they yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very similar. So similar like look, similar character design. Yeah. They they had a Avengers game, and I, I remember that they had uh, they had Hawkeye, they had Vision, Captain America. It was a extremely fun game to play in the arcade, especially because I think it had a cabinet that was set up that it could do the six characters oh, all yeah. at the same time. That's cool. And, and so. I just remember that being very enjoyable. A lot of those same designs of the characters are what I felt that I saw in the actual Iron Man cartoon. Okay. So it was nice to see sort of a comparison of like a video game that I loved and I used to play and this actual style of animation kind of paying that, you know, slight homage to to what you would actually see on the pages of the comic book. Itself. Yeah, definitely. And it was it was definitely one of those things where you this felt like a 90s series. It felt like it came from the 90s comics. It felt like a 90s series. So baby, if you're watching, this is what the 90s looked like. Um, away from the visual stuff, I actually kind of like the story for this two-part finale. We we watched part of the premiere too, which was completely insane and bonkers. They essentially have like an A plot that starts a year before the main plot to set <laughs> things up, even though they do a weird time jump where a cloud of mist tells you that a year has passed. Like it a was a cloud of mist with like eyes. With eyes. <laughs> and then they also say on screen, by the way, the Mandarin attacked roughly one year ago at this very moment. It's like, guys, you're killing me here. So they got a lot better by episode 23, 24. Uh, The plot of this one centers on the Mandarin, essentially holding the world hostage by wiping out all technology. I like that as a premise because, I mean, Iron Man, Tony Stark, by and large, you know, he's a genius, he's a billionaire, philanthropist, whatever. But his power comes from his technology. So to erase technology not only limits his abilities as a superhero, but also limits his abilities uh, just as a functioning person because he still needs that technology to keep him alive. We didn't dig into this too much, so I don't remember specifically what his issue was in this cartoon because, you know, in the in the uh, comics and in the movie, I believe, he has a piece of shrapnel from um, uh, earlier escapades. He has a piece of shrapnel that's, like, slowly moving towards his heart and he needs to have that like dynamo put in his chest to kind of keep everything at bay and keep all the pieces of of metal or whatever, all the shrapnel away from his heart or some comic book nonsense. I don't know. But I like the fact that if you get rid of technology or negate all technology in this, that Tony Stark will eventually die in like two hours. So he's got a two hour clock, which is why he had to plug into a Walkman apparently at one point. But I actually like this plot. I thought that was pretty cool because it gave... Uh, Forceworks, which is the group of superheroes that form under Tony Stark, Forceworks, <laughs> it gave them a reason to go after the Mandarin, but it also gave them a tough thing to overcome. 
So I thought that was right. pretty cool. I did really enjoy the idea of the plot here. And the idea was kind of interesting of sort of a mist that drains all technology yeah. and all power. That's kind of fun. It was sort of like a Stephen King's The Mist, but sort of if that mist was also an EMP. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, it, was, it was like, it was dynamic in the way it played in the show, right? Because it wasn't, it wasn't just like, here it is, and now technology is gone. It was like, you could kind of avoid it, you could get around it, but then if it enveloped you, you were out of luck again. Yeah, it like seemed to also... It seemed to also kind of have a mind of its own where yeah. it would suddenly navigate <laughs> in certain directions yeah. and it would try to kind of surround you. But that that kind of cartoon comic book logic where, oh, there's like one escape path that uh-huh. I can get out of. And, oh, lo and behold, I figured it out. I that kind of stuff just makes me makes me laugh cringe. So there was some just, silly stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things I really like, though, is like the number of characters that are in here. Yes. It's just not, you know, it's not just Iron Man versus a villain it's pretty much his entire team and like i said force works which is a group you rarely hear of uh, these days but a weird kind of assembled team around him too it wasn't really avengers-esque it was just kind of a cobbled together group of you got war machine obviously then you have hawkeye which is kind of like okay that that checks out but then you've got spider woman and you've got scarlet witch which most people are like okay i think i've like i know them from the mcu and then you've got Century, which this dude, <laughs> and it's not, it's, so for the people listening, which is everybody, including the baby, it's not Century, S-E-N-T-R-Y, it's Century, C-E-N-T-U-R-Y. So right. two different characters, both completely ridiculously obscure. Century has these weird staffs, blades, whatever they are, that can kind of like create portals. He's got a bunch of different powers. They randomly use him at different times whenever they need to move <laughs> from one place to another fairly quickly. <laughs> But what do they like need to move a, a plot group. forward? Yes, exactly. He's a he's a plot driving character, basically. Uh, right. I gotta say, Hawkeye is a real. He's kind of a punk in this one. He he's gets he gets a lot of one liners. He's kind of sassy to me. He's got more personality than Jeremy Renner's character does in the MCU. So I was kind of just like, Ooh. I'm interested in what Hawkeye's yeah. doing here because he's he's at least got a presence on the screen. He's not just going along with everything. So I thought that was interesting. No, I enjoyed that too. I I also liked just in terms of the cavalcade of characters, they also have, at one point, they show a dragon for the Mandarin, and I thought that it might be Fing Fang Foom. It was. And I got really pumped about that because that's not a character that you see all the time. And I remember, for some reason, reading comic books in the 80s, uh, a friend of mine growing up loved Fing Fang Foom and would try to find comics or would try to find stuff that was about that particular character it was always really fun, so it was a very nostalgic callback for me. I really, I really enjoyed that part. Let's talk about them because that's for that's episode one. Like literally, you get thrown into episode one. You've got Iron Man, War Machine, um, Spider Woman comes running off from off stage at some point, but then you're introduced to the Mandarin, Modok, um, Whirlwind, Dread Knight, Gray Gargoyle, Gray Gar Blacklash, or whatever his name was. Backlash. Was it Blacklash or Backlash? I thought it was Backlash. I'm hoping it's back- Backlash. It's Backlash because that was the character then that they used in Iron Man 2. That was Whiplash, wasn't it? Oh, my God. How many people with whips and the word lash in their names do they have? A lot. Well, Backlash is what I'm going to get for saying Blacklash. So let's just Oh, boy. Uh, but, I mean, they throw a ton of villains at you. And then at one point in the in the, the premiere, they're also just like, by the way, I also called down Fin Fang Foom. So he just comes flying down, just this massive dragon. And just like kind of wreaks havoc briefly and then goes away. And then they even bring down Titanium Man, which is apparently some just like giant uh, powered suit that Iron Man and War Machine both have to like. And this is in the first episode. And they come out of nowhere. It makes absolutely zero sense. But it was fun that we got to see a bunch of characters that were in this too. Other than that though, like, I don't know. It was cool to see the Mandarin kind of like get to do full scale global kind of takeover stuff. Uh, and we get we actually get to see a pretty cool fight between Iron Man and the Mandarin. The Mandarin dons his own power armor. He makes power armor for all of his henchmen. So I was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. Uh, it kind of goes against your anti-technology plan a little bit. but uh, At the same time. But he does a good job of in like job. the 15 seconds that he has to explain himself. He's yeah. like, I might be somebody who was trying to prevent it, but it doesn't also mean I can't make a fail safe. And you're just like, okay, sure, yeah. I mean, you I can have it both ways, yeah. I mean, I guess exposition-wise, you explain that away pretty quickly. I'm not upset. No. I get it. 
It makes sense. Look, man, it was cool to see all those villains like in power armor too, because then it's kind of like it adds that extra layer of just like, oh man, our heroes are really in trouble. Like and I really are... did. I did like the fact that they got around the anti-technology field by essentially like biohacking Tony Stark's DNA and yeah. somehow pseudoscience, like just giving him like uh, nanotechnology, essentially that was like DNA linked that somehow connected his his suit and everything else to him on, on like a molecular level. Right, they used CRISPR to fix Tony sure. Stark Basically. in order to. I yeah, mean, today I it's possible, but in 1994, forget about it. Pure fiction. Yeah. Pure fiction. <laughs> Pure fiction. 2019, kind of doable now. Yeah, so, exactly. Everybody yeah. can be an Iron Man, even you, baby. I will say the fun thing that I did enjoy about seeing all these people in masks and all these people wearing helmets at different times and all these different Iron Men and, and exoskeletons that they had is that yeah. thank goodness that they did this. By putting everybody in a mask because the dubbing for everybody's lips in this Oof. for a majority of it, the voice acting is garbage. It's straight garbage. It's kind of <laughs> like to the point that I even they put the they put the guy's name up that did the voice direction. And I was just mad. I was mad at him. I was mad at a 25 year old credit. I was like, mm, buddy, this is some bad stuff. <laughs> what are you doing? And I I I don't know. We can talk about it whenever we transition into the bad. But I, I have yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I want to say for for the dubbing and what they had is that there are a lot of awkward pauses, and okay. you might be thinking to yourself, "Well, Sean, I don't know. That doesn't seem like it's that bad. Like it'd be that critical of an element." But in a cartoon, where suddenly you realize that not the writing isn't very tight, and the plot is kind of wonky, and the animation's <laughs> got a lot of jank in it. Yeah might want to tighten something up somewhere. Like you might want to like just turn one of the bolts just pick one out of those so out of those couple rattle apart. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so there are moments where they have people doing things where you're just like, "Oh, okay, this is like a nice little we're we're moving to a certain location, we're doing a thing." And then they just keep doing stuff and you're like, "What is Oh no, they just didn't have like this is filler. This just is filler. I'm watching 20 to 30 seconds worth of filler because they didn't have anything to put in here other than just animate somebody walking in a particular direction and nobody thought to themselves, well, maybe we could just tighten the dialogue or add a little bit of exposition. No. And additionally, the challenge that I have is that there are moments where somebody will say something and then pause mid-sentence and then finish the sentence. If <laughs> that sounded awkward, awkward when yeah. I did it, that is terrifying. <laughs> that is so, it looks like that person began a conversation, all of a sudden went into a dream state and then snapped back and was like, oh, where were we? Don't worry about it. I'll continue on with whatever my thought was. Which is I don't one of Century's that. powers probably, but that's not <laughs> yeah, the intention here. Shouldn't be. No. It's so weird. So we, we're now getting into the bad. Yeah. How are you feeling about bad? Well, I feel like the one thing we definitely have to address is the Mandarin. Now, yep. to me, oh, yeah. this was my first introduction to the Mandarin. I didn't read a whole lot of Iron Man comics growing up. I, I had a few here or there if they crossed paths with the X-Men or if it was in the Avengers. But that was about it. Same for you? Yeah, we're on the same page with this. So to me, this was the first time seeing the Mandarin, right? And he's green-skinned. He's got long everything. Uh, he's, you know... The fact that they 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 got uh, a fellow by the name of Robert Ito to play him in the second season, at least, but Ito's of Japanese descent, and uh, so it's kind of like you're halfway there. Maybe you're you're in the vicinity. It's just that was very much a '90s thing too, and and still to this day, you don't get people who are like matching the character to change it. You're just finding people who can who can match themselves to the comic book portrayal and then hear what they think the character should sound like. So right. in this day and age, like they, they'd have to be careful with how they did the Mandarin. But I think it would be a real waste to not get the Mandarin on screen somehow. Because as a character, as a villain, I think the Ten Rings are super cool. I love the fact that he's like in charge of the hand is incredibly powerful and, and impressive. But in this series, maybe not the best thing to base it on. I mean, just think. In Iron Man three, we kind of had a fake Mandarin. Yeah, I was in, okay with how they how they did it, but I would like an actual. Yeah, it was Mandarin. fine. Yeah, I know. And then to think, you know, when we had Iron Fist on Netflix, they were fighting against the hand. They were. There was an and opportunity for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, where for all the defenders, we could have moved in a direction where the Mandarin could have come in and could have been a major villain. And then uh, Netflix and Marvel <laughs> shut everything down. <laughs> yeah. So 
I'll also say, you know, I I wasn't a huge fan of Iron Fist anyway. No, that is a show that I will hate watch. (laughs) But that's the thing. It was like, this is the only portrayal, really, of the Mandarin that a lot of people know. So until you change that, this is what people are going to think of. Yeah. So was it something where the Mandarin, did he go to a Cade jeweler and he's like, I will outfit all 10 of these digits with cool rings. And that was it. I mean, I like, or does he have, I think it was a things remembered. He just, it was a lot cheaper. He just went to <laughs> it was a like things a, remembered. a Delia's. Yeah. Just like picked up a whole Just like a kiosk in a mall. It was just like, <laughs> just give me 10 variously shaped rings. Like how a piercing pagoda would also yes. have like other crap yeah, that exactly. was underneath that you could get. Yeah. He perfect. may have stopped at a hot topic. I love how deep in these references can we go? He got one from each store. Yeah, exactly. So we've like six. So, but no, I actually, as a kid, like, I love that idea of like his power increased the more he got those rings. It was very much in the vein of like the Infinity Gauntlet and getting the Infinity Stones, not nearly to that level. And I don't know all the lore of all the different uh, stones and the different rings and things like that too. They may be more closely tied together than I know, but I love that as a kid. I love the idea that like it was very much Pirates of Dark Water, right? Both yeah. of these forces were going after this this MacGuffin that was powerful, and they needed it to not only have the power for themselves, but to prevent the other one from getting it. So I love the idea that at the end, the, the Mandarin got all these rings together and had all kinds of crazy cosmic powers, but could still be defeated at the same time. So I thought that was cool. Right. But the bad was <laughs> how the Mandarin was handled in this. It yeah, I, you know, I think, obviously, I know that you mentioned, you know, the, the goal is to get people who are closer to the actual uh, ethnicity um, or you know, are are closer to what they are. That's or the however they want to spin it now, yeah. because you got to be really careful with that stuff, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's always a challenge. But I mean, they try to do a better job in season two. I will say, I mean, something's better than nothing. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to encourage or discredit yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. in either direction. But you know, like you said, awareness is important. And Robert Ito was good. Like his performance as the Mandarin was good. It was fun. Yeah, it was just kind of like the the character overall is problematic. It's just so challenging because representation is so important. And in this case, like you wish in 2019, it looking back at the nineties, you're like, oh, I don't want to excuse it, but I, I, I see maybe kind of what was going on and it's not the best. We weren't having conversations that we're having now. Well, they also like, like figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And it also was like in the nineties and even still today, you've got the same handful of people doing all the different roles. So it's kind of like, right. well, we hired you. We need you to do these like supporting roles. So you're probably going to have to sound vaguely racist for a little bit. Cause we don't have anybody to do it. So nice. it's kind of like, unfortunately some of those things snuck in because they're like, eh, you're going to have to do a caricature voice. So. 2019, white people unite. We're not doing that anymore. Don't do if it, you're a voice actor. Don't do it, white people. <laughs> Knock it off. You're white people. <laughs> yeah. Some other bad stuff as we other bad out of that stuff. terrible situation. Uh, the dialogue in this, you've already mentioned it a couple of times. It was so bad. Like it, it, <laughs> I was trying to come up with examples as I started doing it. It was literally just writing out the entire script. Anything that wasn't the plot or kind of like the comic book action of it, any of the dialogue was terrible. Every single thing. Like pretty much every line that anybody said to themselves or to someone else was bad. And they even have some fourth wall breaking stuff, which I really hated. Yeah, uh, that oh, was just not. It just didn't. See, it seemed like if they spent all the time to be able to put this together. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong no. because maybe Iron Man comics broke the fourth wall. I don't wall. think they did pull them. I don't think they did either, no. but I'm, I don't know. Maybe there was a an episode or maybe there was an issue where they did something like that. Maybe, but like like Doug Booth is the writer for both of these and he's done a ton of of shows over the years. So, everything else in the in the writing was great. I really liked the plots. I, I mean, that first episode was nuts, but I liked the comic bookiness for lack of a better term of everything. But the dialogue was god-awful. I have one one-liner that a lot of these are for the LOLs because they're so bad. But honestly, the music to me was almost just as bad. It was like cartoonish. It was like a step above Looney Tunes as far as like the Pratt Falls and like goofy Foley and stuff in the background and very kind of like jokey kind of music and just like goofball stuff. It really took away from the whatever the drama was of the situation that they were trying to convey. Right. Yeah. I there were moments where I was waiting for a slide whistle or yeah. a whoopee cushion sound, and it was just silly. It was silly. You know, we have such a, a high stakes plot in terms of what is set up for this two part finale, and then to undercut it with just goofy fully, I don't, I don't, you can't make this up. It That's was it bad. was laughable. So what else didn't work for you in the bad section? I want to say the sexism. 
the sexism actually. It's the nineties. Uh, yeah, there was a there was a part where we have War Machine where he's talking to. I didn't realize that she was Spider Woman at first. I actually thought that she was Pepper Potts. Right. And there was a moment where Spider Woman is saying something to War Machine, and he just goes, "Yes, Miss Corporate Assets," and I I cringed so hard. This is so bad. We've noted this dozens of times in stuff from the 80s and 90s. I'm not making excuses. And that was like episode 23. That wasn't like, you know, yeah. the first introduction. That was like, we've been with these people for 23 episodes now. Ugh, yeah. Like, you you should feel bad and you should live with that feeling if you wrote that line. I'm not making any excuses for you. You have no. messed up. I think that was the problem with the trans. Like, those kinds of lines are bad enough when they're in comic form, like when you read them. Right. They get so much stinkier when you actually have to like act them out on the cartoon. Like they just ugh. like if you were the voice director for this, if you heard that, you should just be like, not nah, rewrite. Like that that's a line yeah. that <laughs> we gotta this. We gotta toss this. this. We're just gonna add our own stuff. You guys can ad lib whatever you want, but we're not keeping that. Speaking of bad lines yep. that may have been written but also may have been ad libbed, yeah. uh from Spider Woman, she goes, Man leaves me at the altar, but give him a chance to kill himself and he'll jump right on it. That to me was an interesting line because <laughs> it got very, it got very real very quick. Yeah, she's working some uh, stuff out. Yeah, so Oof. just, uh, there, I mean, even just the Mandarin saying, uh, you know, superhuman fuel for the heart of darkness. <laughs> we should, I, we should probably mention that the whole plot at the end of this thing was that the Mandarin somehow has this crystal like that he took from the dark crystal and the Skeksis. And the only way he can power it and to like conquer the entire world essentially is if he gets a bunch of superheroes together, puts them in essentially make them his batteries and then power up this crystal at the end of the day. So yeah, he calls them his superhuman fuel for the crystal, which he calls the heart of darkness. So I guarantee that had to be pulled from a comic because it sounds like some kind of nonsense that they would pull. Yeah. But woof. I hope it's grounded in something and that I, my, my worry is that a writer spent, an entire day, spent a full eight hours trying to think to themselves, oh my God, what am I, what am I going to do? How am I going to put this together? Uh, like, wow, there's got to be, there's got to be something that I can put in terms of, you know, this actual component. And, oh man, I just, oh, I just, I really hope that, oh, you know, I've got this Joseph Conrad book that's right here called, uh, oh, Heart of Darkness. Just call it Heart of Darkness. And they spent eight hours and got paid money to do that. Yeah. That is going to be frustrating to me I, to no end. I honestly think that most of these cartoons were just kind of like trash work for a lot of people. I don't think people were actually proud of it back in the day. A lot, a yeah. lot of people probably were because a lot of people got their start on it, whether they were doing the art or the writing. But I think a lot of like, quote unquote, established writers were just like, it's just another gig. Like it's just it's just practice, just, just out. grinding the wheel, and just making making bucks. So it's just yes. kind of like, all right, we got superheroes, we got yeah, Colonel Kurtz over here, and uh, we'll just heart of darkness <laughs> this up, and we're good to go. And that's the yep. end of it. I, I will rough. say, I will say, in terms of like the grind for this, there is absolutely no reason that this should have been a two part finale. Yeah, there, I, don't I don't think that I there was know. enough. I don't think that there was enough Not enough grist for the mill on this one. I don't think that there was enough chum to be <laughs> able to warrant actually dividing this into two separate to spend almost fifty minutes watching this cartoon. I don't think that there was enough content. But to how else are you going to have Hawkeye fly a, a, a rudderless, like a, a engineless glider into I, New York City? <laughs> that was so goofy. <laughs> That's my LOL. <laughs> that was like, a lot of this comes from my LOLs. It was like Escape from New York, yeah. like where Snake Plissken exactly just comes in on like that low hanging glider. Yeah. It's like this is great when it is Snake Plissken. Exactly. But this Not is when it's Hawkeye. Dumb when this is. He shoots an arrow oh, from his hand glider. And it was a grappling hook arrow. Ra- oh, get out of here. <laughs> the physics get of that scene. That. I watched it a couple of times because it was so funny. <laughs> that was definitely one of my LOLs, though, because it's like, I like it because it's a comic book thing, right? Hawkeye right. is because of the anti-technology mist, which is a thing we have to say. So we've got Hawkeye flying in on a glider because there's no power. Got to rescue Tony Stark. He shoots an arrow. Tony grabs. He, he goes to, like, grab for it, which was my favorite thing because he's just like, oh, you missed. <laughs> And then he like, yeah, he hooks a radio tower and then just lassos and like loops around and brings the glider to a stop. I, I loved goofy stuff like that, but yeah, it definitely made me laugh. What were some of the other yeah. things that like made you laugh on this though? Because we're we're a hundred percent in the LOLs here. Right. 
So for me, it was just the premise of Mandarin. And this is just another line again where he he's like, I'm eliminating any and all technology for this endangered planet. And this is him walking into the <laughs> Essentially UN. Essentially the UN, yeah. And, and saying, eliminating any and all technology for this endangered planet, my price? Simply that all the nations of the world hand over the unequivocal reins of power to me. I lost my mind because this is <laughs> i mean way to think and dream big yeah, this man. guy must have read like like the was it the gift from oprah uh from her book club of just like putting out what he wants into the world vibes and just you know making it known that he's somebody who just wants the unequivocal reins of power handed so- to him can I admit the first time I watched it, I thought he said rings of power. And I was like, well, wait a second. Like you literally have all of them. What do you want from these people? But then I watched it again. It's reigns of power. Can I tell you what I yeah. think is even funnier though? What? When he walks into the UN, he like blasts the doors open, knocks the guards out or kills them. I don't know what <laughs> comes in crazy looking dude, rings of power glittering. And he, he makes that proclamation that Sean just read. You would think that everybody in there would either like panic or they would fight back or whatever. There's one diplomat who stands up and he's just like, hold on a second. I want to see what this guy has to say. He's like, let's hear him out. (laughs) Like, that was the craziest thing to me. And then when I didn't think it could get any crazier after he says something else, he's like, you know what? No, guards, go get him. So he gave him like his his 10 seconds or whatever to like say his thing. He's like, nah, it's not good enough. You're crazy. Go, Go shoot him up. And then he obviously does his super villain thing. But I just thought that was one of those fillers where it's just kind of like. (laughs) <laughs> what were they thinking? They just need to fill five seconds of air. I also very quickly want to say, I know I said the gift for that Oprah book. It's The Secret. I screwed that up. It's The Gift and The Secret. And both books are sponsors of Saturday Morning Cartoons. Exactly. Please make sure you at me and get very frustrated about the fact that I goofed up that joke. We will send you signed copies of both books, signed by us. So it's very challenging because the some of the dialogue in this, as we've mentioned, Awful, just terrible. But then lines like this to kind of preface the entire plot, super funny, super stupid. Oh, it's hilarious. It's great. I got to say also that like some of the lines, this is one of the horniest cartoons I think that we've we've ever watched for like kids. (laughs) Is it? It's probably one of the horniest kids cartoons that we've ever watched. Now, Sean and I did just watch Big Mouth, so maybe that's, you know. Not for kids. Yep. Don't let your kids watch that. Unless you really want to don't teach them some it. things. But don't let them watch that. So. There. <laughs> Other but LOLs no, it's, that... You... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like mega horny. Like one of the first things that we see in uh, the first episode is Tony and his <laughs> physical therapist just like grinding their bathing suit parts together in a hot tub. And if you were to say to me, hey... They obviously didn't show like their lower bathing suit regions, like where their genitals would be in a pool, zoomed in. very closely rubbing together. I would say, oh no, they absolutely did. They absolutely, like, did. you couldn't even tell which one belonged to which person at the time. That's how far in you were zoomed in on those oh, things, man. And both of them were essentially wearing the same cut of swimsuits, which was interesting too because it was the nineties. Yeah. But it's like the characters, when they talk to each other, everything has this kind of like sexual tension. It doesn't matter if you're talking to the villain, if you're talking to your your girl Friday, if you're talking to your uh, computer assistant or your best friend. Like everything's got this sexual tension to it. It's it's pretty intense. You might want to check everybody, it out. Everybody in this show is looking to bone. Yeah. Everybody's Super got powered the thirst. and they're all looking to bone. Everybody's got the thirst. We have definitely fallen into that sweet spot category of SMC after, after dark. dark. It's good stuff. Perfect. Love it. Uh, I will say from the first episode, yeah. as you and I were watching it, there is a moment very early on where he's grinding with the physical therapist. Whirlwind, the villain, shows up, destroys the, <laughs> the outside pool enclosure that they're yeah. in. The physical therapist gets thrown through glass <laughs> just chucked. at some point. Yeah. And she and she's a human with no armored exoskeleton <laughs> and she's in a bathing suit and she falls on the lawn and she looks dead. The face and down Tony face down, her spine is in like a K formation. Like it's not good. Yeah. Not a traditional yoga no. <laughs> like position at any point. Tony goes up to her 
holds her arm and it, it, like it, it flops. Like it, I don't know how they animated. She's at it least it, unconscious. <laughs> somebody, somebody paid excruciating detail to how an unconscious woman's body flails when you pick it up. That was <laughs> a bit much, guys. <laughs> Too realistic for me. And Tony Stark just goes, "Oh yeah, she's fine. She has not woken up at any point. <laughs> no, she has not said anything. There is this a is moment a physical where... therapist that's going to need another physical therapist immediately. At least a medic. We, there was a moment where we think because Tony's like he's talking to other people and he's like, clean this mess up and get the get security in here or whatever. There's a moment where everything's on fire and we literally <laughs> think he's just going to throw her body into the inferno because that's how the scene is set up." The staging, the blocking for the scene. He's just going to chuck this woman's body into a fire to just clear everything up and and get on about his business. It's one of the most unintentionally funny things definitely in the entire series. It's so upsetting and it's so weird and I'm so, I was so freaked out by it. This is why I had to have Sean watch that first episode. Even if it was only, this is the first five minutes. It's amazing. (laughs) Oh, can I go back to phrasing for a second? Yes, please. Uh, just for phrasing, if you guys are keeping up with After Dark here at home, baby, you might want to cover your ears. There's a moment where somebody says, and I quote, we're going to blow you from here to eternity. <laughs> and they say it with that delivery. Like, that's the phrasing <laughs> that they choose to make it breathy and to pause at those moments. There's also another point where Tony says to someone, I think it was the, the Mandarin, he looks at him yep. and he points and he's like, two fingers this time. It's like, yep. oh, God, okay. He's the going Mandarin for it. Is- the Mandarin is pointing and gesturing to Tony because originally oh, he said Mandarin, he was going to beat right, him right. with one finger. Right. And then he just looks at him and he goes, two fingers this time. Ooh, and you're like, God. oh, buddy. This is a sexy show. Just use the fists. Just Ooh, come on. Get good. in there. God, man. Just, he's going to win anyway. We well, it's after this. dark. You're right. Yeah. We're fine. We're fine. Uh, other LOLs that you had, Dave? Uh, there's a moment where there's like a helicopter crash because of the whole anti-technology mist and uh, War Machine, who is in his War Machine getup, which, as an aside, is really kind of messed up and funny, the way he has to get into his, his suit of armor. <laughs> so we've seen Tony get into his armor numerous times. He's got 50,000, you know, different marks of armor. He's got underwater armor. Oh, my God. Remind me to come back to that in a second. Okay. He's got all kinds of stuff, right? We get to see him like unfold uh, a suitcase and step into it, and that's his suit of armor, kind of like Iron Man 2. That's kind of how he forms into it. So he gets a cool animation. Remind me to talk about the CG as well. We've kept people hanging on that long enough. He gets a cool animation. The whole suit is like, it's pretty sweet, and it forms his body. They cut to Rhodes <laughs> talking about how we only have a couple minutes. We don't have a second to spare. And then he starts putting on his armor piece by piece. He has to pick up the gauntlet, open it up, slide his hand into it, close it around, be like, well, that's the right hand. He has to do the exact same thing with the left hand, piece by friggin' piece to put this on. And the rest of the team is just standing around looking for Adam like, I think we're kind of in a hurry here, bud. If you want to pick it up, I think we're, we're going to have to get going. <sighs> One of the funniest things I think I've ever seen on this show. Uh, how bad was that CG transition? Yeah, let's talk about this. So in the in the first episode, they have, as we've talked about, Tony Stark transitioning into Iron Man, making that transformation in terms of the animatics that they have in this first episode. Very early on, they have a portion where he begins to transform. And as he transforms, the animation goes from just a regular like cell drawings. Yeah, traditional hand drawn stuff. Yeah, yeah. To a 3D animatic at that moment that looks so bad cg that i could not believe that they actually included this because the moment they made this this transition into that new type of of animation style i was like how are they gonna get back like have they did they paint themselves into a corner and then the transformation ends and it just snaps right back into traditional hand-drawn and it looks so bad gang so bad it is so embarrassing to I've be able to watch seen, it. I've never seen a fuzzy Iron Man before, but he looked very fuzzy. Like his armor had hair. Yeah. Like he was a Chewbacca Iron Man. He was like a Chia pet. It yeah. was it was something special, I'll tell you. It's, and then they transition back to the regular hand-drawn animation. You're like, oh, thank God, no more of that nightmare. And then a second <laughs> later when he gets on this like pod to like launch into the sky or whatever, they do it again. They do it again, and this furry CG monstrosity comes flying at you from the TV. And then, thankfully, the rest of the show is in that that 2D version. But, man, it was bad. It was bad. Somebody, somebody had zero restraint with being able to, to get into that. 
somebody also had zero restraint in their ability to say, hey, should Iron Man have abs? Should he have a full six pack of abs 100%. in this? I mean, I'm saying yes, hey, he 100% if you're, if you're should. If you're a man mold, then add as many abs <laughs> as you want, honestly. Yeah. Really get in there. As uh, long as you can get yourself in there, it's fine. It's just, it's so, it's so weird to to see the idea of like armor having you know, actual like rippling muscles on the outside of the armor. Like it just, it's, it's so, like, it's like boob armor for women. Yeah. Right. It's, it, so it's goofy. the same thing where it's like, you don't need the armor to look exactly like what a statue of anatomy would look like. Yeah. It actually does not make much sense, but it's yeah. because it's comics and because it's the, the cartoon show. I left you on a bit of a cliffhanger when I was talking about the funny moment with Rhodes, uh, to, yeah. to explain war machine. So, they're in this helicopter, it crashes, he's in his suit, but there's that anti-technology mess, so he like <laughs> falls essentially off a cliff, what you think is to his death, but he actually grabs the side of a cliff and is climbing up on top of it to get uh, at the base of this castle. Not ten seconds later, Whirlwind shows up and directs his blast right at War Machine and just <laughs> knocks him right off of the cliff. He's the only one that gets knocked off the cliff twice. I just thought it was funny that they made that poor guy climb up twice. I don't know why. I- I do want to point and mention during the moment where the helicopter is crash landing because of the technology mist, the anti-technology mist, yeah. that there is somebody on that helicopter yeah. that at the last minute just jumps off, just goes <laughs> whoop, and just jumps onto a building and runs away from an exploding <laughs> helicopter as if physics didn't apply to him. Yeah, yeah, that was the guy back in New York when they were uh, patching Tony up and putting his his little dino DNA in him. Um <laughs> But that, yeah, he just crashes the helicopter into the side of a building and just, boop, just hops out and just walks down the street, like, just hops on the sidewalk. Because, yeah, like you said, physics has no place in this in this show. Pretty damn funny, though. So, Dave, my, my final LOL is that there's, I talked a little bit about the Avengers video game, and they had Vision in that game. And we've seen Vision, obviously, in the MCU over the last couple years. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this moment where... Tony is sort of talking to a computer and it looks like a white kind of specter, yeah. which I thought was vision because that's what it looked like from the nineties video game. But was that Jarvis or, or like a, like a, a translucent Dr. Manhattan? Like what, <laughs> what actually was that? It's like a random ghost in, in uh, the first episode too. He has something ghost called the shell ghost in the shell. He has something called Irving. And I forget what the, uh, acronym is for Irving. Get out of here. It's basically a flying little like bird machine that comes with him and helps him uh, change into his second suit of armor to go underwater. Now, because I put a pin in this before, he has a full suit of armor that he uses to go yeah. underwater. But in that same episode, when he has to make an emergency dive underwater, he just says out loud, uh, we're going to do temporary underwater armor version. So in other words, the writers wrote that in because the animators didn't have the time or the budget to work that back into the story. So they go out of their way to make underwater armor for him in the beginning of the episode, but when he only has to go underwater for like two seconds, he's like, ah, it'll be fine. Just go, just go in. Don't worry about that so secondary armor. Frustrated. It's so bad. Um, but I don't know if that, that creature, that AI, that whatever it was, I don't know if it's Irving or if it's something different entirely. So I'm going to guess the, the ghost of Jarvis's vision of Manhattan. <laughs> I have no idea, dude. If it, you know, honestly, I put it as an LOL, and I will now kick it back up into the bad category. It, it was, was just bad. so dumb. Yeah. And it's never explained. Everybody else at least gets a roll call either in episode or like a truncated version in the theme song. This was just so goofy. You know it was goofy, uh, but also hilarious? Let's get into it. Modoc. you're going to talk about. Yep, Modoc. Modoc. Which is like, what is it? Uh, oh, no. what was What's his acronym? It's something like Machine of... Oh, no. Hold on. I got to look it up. Do you really want to know what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what it is. Yeah. It's a mental mobile mechanized organism designed only for killing. Designed only for killing. That's what it was. So they've changed the M a number of times, but the ODOC is essentially the same, like designed (laughs) only for killing, which is ridiculous. But what's funny and also kind of sad about MODOC in this one, I liked MODOC as a character because it was such a bizarre, crazy kind of uh, from the celestial era, like creations. Like it, it fit in like the wilder side of the comics to me as a kid. He's kind of a goofy sidekick in this series, which was kind of a bummer. Like I, I didn't really like him as a goofy sidekick. But one funny thing that he does with the Mandarin, when the Mandarin has this anti-technology field, MODOK has this kind of like body hugging suit that also holds his like crazy enormous head. 
and it allows him to float. And like that's that's kind of his power. Like that's his little exosuit that he floats around in. When the anti-technology mist is there, he loses that suit for some reason. It, I don't know if it disintegrates or he just can't use it or what, but it's gone. So what does he do? He sticks himself in a pot, like a cooking pot, and he puts it on a, like a little wheel dolly, and he just like pushes himself around with a broom on this set of wheels in a cooking pot. It's one of the more ridiculous things in the show, but it was absolutely hilarious at the same time. It's almost as silly as when you see baby pictures of yourself or maybe pictures of a friend's baby where they put them like in a pot and they do like a bath in the sink. Exactly. Like that's what he like, that's, that's what he looked it, like. Only as like if that was an adult, like a baby sized adult. And I didn't want to be insulting baby. I know you're still listening, but you'll you'll get to the shower or a bathtub one day. Don't you'll worry get there, it. baby. Don't don't worry about it. You're not a don't you're rush. not designed only for killing, as far as we know. Jesus. I hope not. Uh did you know that there are other Modocs that are available? What does that mean? Uh, so there's Modot, there's Modog. No, there's not. There can't yeah, be. Yeah, there is. Why are there? It's a, a uh, organism designed only for talking is Modot. God. And then there's Modog is designed only for genocide. Wow. Not the direction I thought Modog would go. Is it a dog looking character? You know, that's a good call. I'm going to assume sure. Without <laughs> any genocide research. Genocide dog? Oh yeah, genocide God. dog. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'm not a betting man normally because I don't have any money to bet. But if I were a betting man, if the MCU ever gets to the point that they're greenlighting a Modog movie, it's done, man. <laughs> it's over. Get out. Go do something else. That's a game over. There's also one more Modoc. Oh, God. Is it Modom? No, it's a Modord. Oh, God. <laughs> it's mental organism designed only for roller derby that's not real that's not <laughs> it's a real. real thing dude it was in 2011 it was in a a dazzler centered story that they had it's just bananas that i'm kind of okay with the genocide thing was a little rough did not expect that <laughs> really? uh i'll take roller derby over the genocide yeah okay fair enough yeah oh. what a way to close the episode with that <laughs> with that one-liner yeah. Can I give you um, a, a closing statement from the one, the only Tony Stark, which is the last line that's spoken in this it. entire series? So after they've defeated Mandarin, Mandarin lost his rings. He, spoiler alert, forgets his memory and then is set upon by bandits who cut his hand off to take their rings. So yikes on that front. <laughs> and Tony and War Machine, everybody, they're watching this and they're totally fine with it from a distance. They're like, well, I guess he got what was coming to him. Anyway, so uh, War Machine shows up. Uh... Technology's back. Everything's fine. He shows up on a horse and buggy, and he's complaining about it. So Tony turns after a, a kiss with, uh, what was her name? Uh, Spider-Woman, essentially, right? Right. He turns, and he says to the camera, it's a long, bumpy road for all of us, pal, with a whole lot of surprises and a whole lot of rewards along the way. The end. End uh, of Iron Man, the animated series. One of the worst things to end on. Absolutely terrible, but it made me laugh. So it's in an LOL. Well, to get into this now, Dave, yeah, but we've gotten to the point where we get to give our review of Thanks. 90s Iron Man. I know. I was not looking forward to this. I know. Well, here we go. For mm. anybody listening for the first time or, or any new and returning listeners, you might know that we can recommend a cartoon and we can tell you why. We can also say that we don't recommend a cartoon and we can give you our justification. Finally, if we don't recommend something, we can go one step further and we can give that cartoon the Who Framed Roger Rabbit style dip. Yes, the dip that erases it from the annals of cartoon history. So, Dave, how are you feeling tonight for 90s Iron Man? You know, it's tough. This is one of the tougher decisions I've had in a while. Uh, I can't in good conscience recommend it. Because it's not good. Like, it's just not a good cartoon. Right. Ah, man. I I can't recommend it, so I will not be recommending it. But... Oh, mm, I don't think it's dip worthy. It's bad, but it's one of the only like original kind of like Iron Man cartoons that we have. Maybe not original, original because Iron Man had been around for decades before that. But I don't know, man. It's so 90s just because of Tony's hair and because of that intro by itself is pretty amazing. Like I said, one of the, the only and best examples, best is in quotes, of the Mandarin that we have in, in kind of a different medium from the comics. I won't recommend it because it's bad, but I can't dip it because it's still canonically important, I guess I'll say. Okay. God, I feel feel dirty even saying that. What about you, bud? Yeah. No, I mean, well, you know, I just want to point out that, 
you know, for this version of Iron Man, we've had other Iron Mans, we've had uh, Avengers Assemble, right. we've even had the Superhero Squad show. I, you know, I think he made some appearances in some of the other cartoons, but we had uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Oh, yeah. So, and then I think there was even like an older, uh, you know, like an older Iron Man armored adventures that they had. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was like the the classic kind of first Iron Man where it's very kind of like it looks more like a suit of armor than like an ab ab crazy Abercrombie model or whatever. Like it looks right. like that original design. And another reason not to dip it, maybe this will sway you one way or another. This show actually crossed over with, I believe, Spider Man, and. Right. I don't think the X-Men. Maybe it was like Incredible Hulk or something like that around the same time. So there were huh. crossovers. So if you dip it, that may affect those connected universes too, just to say. Oh, don't worry. I'm on the same page as you. Oh, okay. This is a do not watch for me, yeah. but I'm also not going to dip it. Okay. This is just, for every point that we've talked about, this, and I think that Dave mentioned, this is just a categorically terrible cartoon. <laughs> it's real bad. And I would not ask anybody else to spend another hour watching this as Dave and I have spent roughly over an hour watching this. In fact, I'm a little bit frustrated that I don't get that hour back. Yeah. But that's kind of, that's kind of the the, uh, the high risk, high reward of this show. So (laughs) do not watch nineties Iron Man. Even if you, I would say, even if you watch this as a kid and you're like, Oh my God, this holds a really nostalgic place in my heart. Go ahead and watch that first episode. Yeah, and then and then come you. back and message me on Twitter <laughs> and just with the line, you know what? I may have goofed up, and then we're gonna share a laugh, and you're gonna be like, it really is bad, and that that physical therapist was definitely dead. She's definitely dead in the fire. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. It is it's, so funny. It's like so it's so bad. It's so wrong, but it's so funny in so oh. many ways. Enjoy. God. Oh. That that is it from us for '90s Iron Man. Whoo! What a stinker! Ah, oh, but you know what doesn't stink? Our buddy Bobby Anthem. You heard him on this week's show. <laughs> you can also hear him on his Paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience, with his co-host Bobby Blades. You can find them on Twitter at iexp underscore podcast. And Bobby has a solo show, In Search of My Lost Soul, available along with Inhuman Experience. You can find them anywhere that podcasts are found. Hey, Dave, what do you got going on? Same old stuff, bud. You can find me over at Collider.com. You can also find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. Feel free to send me a tweet that just says Fin Fang Foom if you're watching the show. <laughs> you can also pick up my book, The Science of Breaking Bad, and you may want to do that with El Camino, now available on Netflix by the time you're listening to this. So yeah, check it out. That's it for me. What about you, bud? Oh, gang, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can find tickets and time at witdc.org. And I'm always on Twitter and Instagram. Please help me not be on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. I would desperately like to get off social media. Uh, but for this show, want to support us? Very easy. Tell a friend. Listen to an episode. Like and subscribe. Review us on Apple iTunes. Super easy. Slide into our DMs on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Remember, that's morning with a U. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all of these links to everything that we've mentioned in any of our social media sites. Just click the link that looks like it says Linktree. Super simple. And you can, as always, listen to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. That is going to do it for 90s Iron Man. I am breathing such a sigh of relief. I don't know. Baby, hopefully you're still listening and you made it through this whole episode. Baby's probably napping. I mean, if it is, good for that baby. Yeah, good job, baby. It was smart. But that is it for us, and we will be back next week with more cartoons. Heck yeah, Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.